Indulge of your love of movies this February at the Alamo Draft House. This week's screenings include the final Moulin Rouge movie party on Valentine's Day, Thursday, February the 14th, the video vortex screening of Blood Tracks on Friday, February the 15th, Mouse Hunt Serial Party at 11 a.m. on Saturday, February the 16th, the Film Club screening of At Eternity's Gate on Sunday, February the 17th, Brokeback Mountain on Monday, February 18th, Office Space Movie Party on Tuesday, February the 19th, and 51st Dates on Wednesday, February the 20th. All that plus this weekend's new releases, trivia every Tuesday night and karaoke every Wednesday night in the back lot, and more. Find showtimes and purchase tickets online at drafthouse.com slash Springfield and find all the special events at the Alamo Drafthouse on Facebook by searching Alamo Springmo and clicking on the events page. Welcome to the Backlot by Alamo Drafthouse for Thursday, February the 14th. It's Valentine's Day. From the Alamo Draft House here in Springfield, Missouri, I am one of your hosts, Joey Mills, with ComingSoon.net. And joining me today in the room, we've got K-Dub with Mopots417 on Instagram. David Mann with Alamo Springfield. <laughs> you weren't sure where you were going to go with that. Yeah, what town you been transferred? <laughs> and join us, we got another voice on the show today. I am Madison Strain. And you are, tell them what you do here. I'm starting to do videography for the creative team here at the Alamo Draft House. He's filming. He's filming stuff. And he is sitting in for Jen today, who's had other obligations. So we'll break you in nice and easy. Sounds good. <laughs> That's what he thinks. <laughs> I got to ask, how, so David is dressed very sharply today. Sharp as a tack. I wish you could see. So what, why is, what's the special occasion today? Oh, we're filming a little video. So I had to get all dressed up. I got my suspenders on. Oh, you do? I didn't even see yes, those I underneath do. the cardigan. Oh, they're tucked underneath the cardigan. Yes. Wow. Looking sharp today. I'm classy as heck. <laughs> this will be you the look, one time you catch that this year. <laughs> he looks better coming to work than I do going to a funeral. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how to respond to that, so we won't. Uh, let's jump into some headlines. First up, let's take a look at the top five at the box office last weekend. Number one, surprising nobody at the number one spot, is the Lego Movie 2, the second part, debuting in the top spot, like we said, earning just over $34 million, which is kind of the talk of the town and that the film really underperformed it came in about 20 million lower than industry expectations folks were thinking somewhere in the 50 to 55 million range before it opened uh, obviously adjusted downward as the numbers started to come in throughout the weekend finished with 34 million which i mean again good enough for the top spot but i was Honestly, I was thinking 40, so... Well, I that's what like I was going to say. That's why I thought we all thought around 40, so... Yeah, I think uh, the 55 range was a little excessive. Yeah. They've been putting out these Lego movies almost once a year, yep. so there's a little bit of a wear down on it. Having said that, this is the second best of all of them, right. so I'm sure it'll have decent legs, uh, not a lot of uh, child-friendly features coming out, at least this week. So right. Yeah, there's not I, a lot of competition. There will be some word of mouth. Yeah, I think people, once they realize that it's not another Ninjago... Right, uh, I, I was going to say, well, that's the last thing that they produced was the, yeah. the Ninjago movie, so I, I can think, see why people were a little skittish going <laughs> yeah. into this one. It's wonderful. You should see it, so... Yeah. Have you talked to anybody else that's seen it? I know you saw it early. Has yes. Uh, I've spoken to a lot of people. It's really they, enjoyable. They, Most people say that, oh, it's not as good as the first one, but it's right up right there. there. It's so close. And, you know, I thought the first one was practically perfect. Right. Uh, so 
that it doesn't achieve that. A lot of times, you know, like a sophomore slump, second film in a series, it just doesn't work out. But uh, they really, really killed it. I think uh, visually, with like visual gags, I think uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, they're a little more keen on that. The new director might have missed a few opportunities, but their script is so tight and the humor's there. So uh, it's not as like jovial and fun and bombastic as the first one, but it's very well constructed. There are a lot of enjoyable, silly moments still. So if you get the chance, like a movie to the second part, that's... It's a fun time at the movies. I have a feeling that, yeah, it, folks will come see it. And they weekend. are not sponsoring him. This is his actual... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is no, no money changed real. hands. Yeah. <laughs> uh, debuting at number two, What Men Want made just shy of 18 and a quarter million dollars. We kind of had a feeling those were probably the two that were going to battle it out. Yeah, I recall saying it would hit around, I believe, 18. I think you did, actually, because I, I, I think yeah. I came in at 14. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I was feeling it. I thought, you know... Yeah, it's whatever. I got it very close. So <laughs> it's bragging. a crapshoot. We have no idea. Okay, we, I won't say we have no idea, but we don't know. Number three was Cold Pursuit, debuting at number three, taking in just over $11 million. Um, yeah. <laughs> Does anybody want to touch it? I don't know. Uh, the film, from what I hear, uh, has a very dark sense of humor, which yes. some people found refreshing and some people found a little jarring from what I understand based on the word of mouth that I've heard from the folks that have seen it. They weren't expecting it to be kind of the, they're not used to Liam Neeson in a humor, in a a dark humorous film. It's almost supposedly a send up of, uh, all the Liam Neeson style action movies. Uh, the, to the, the people who I've heard who've seen it, uh, they said it's a lot of fun. Uh, if you're not prepared for what, you're in store for like if you're coming in thinking it's just going to be this big action movie uh set in a chilled alaska i, I think, think so yeah location. somewhere cold cold uh, yeah if you're not prepared for that you might be a little off put put by the uh the difference compared to <laughs> it's some not, of his other movies yeah. it's no the gray it's no taken one but i'm sure it's probably better than taken two <laughs> and three i don't think it has to do, <laughs> do too much to be better than that yeah uh, number four, sliding from number two to number four was the upside. Still made another seven million dollars. That biggest keeps surprise kicking of the year around for me so far. Yeah, like, I liked it. I liked did you? It. Yeah, it was a good one. And at number five, the biggest drop of the week from the top five, uh, from number one down to number five, making a little more than six and a quarter million dollars was Glass. Still hanging on. Yeah, yeah, it's still in the top five. Man, oh. if those other three movies hadn't come out, would, Upside might have got a number one for one week. I know, That's, which would have been crazy in that, yeah. you know, it's, what, a month out now? So uh, let's take a look at some other news besides just the box office figures. First up, some sad news. We'll give you the bad news first. Actor Albert Finney passed away late last week. He was 82 years old, which, you know, it's... Yeah, it's sad he passed away, but he's 82. Pretty solid run. But he's 82. So uh, he has been fighting uh, cancer for the past few years, so he hasn't been acting a lot. In fact, his last on-screen role was in 2012 in Skyfall. He was the gamekeeper, I think is what he was. Yeah, I think he's at the house. Yeah, yeah, I can remember his exact position in that movie. I think it's the gamekeeper. So he wasn't James Bond? No, he was not James Bond. He would have been a little old for James Bond. (laughs) He was in like my favorite modern James Bond movies. Oh, that was by far the best. So of the run. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Probably the best in 30 years, yeah. <laughs> I would say. 
But uh, yeah, so he was in that. He was also Daddy Warbucks in the 1982 film version of Annie. Wow. He kind of gets lost in the shuffle with Carol Burnett and Tim Curry and everyone else, but he was Daddy Warbucks. He was also in a few of the Bourne films. He played uh, the older version of Ed Bloom in Big Fish, which is one of my favorite Tim Burton films. So yeah, great movie. Uh, so yeah, a lot of a lot of iconic roles uh, that, like I said, he kind of disappeared into the roles at times. You kind of forget that it's Albert Finney and all those, but uh, big career, his loss. Uh, you know, of course he'll be missed, but again, he has kind of stepped away from the screen for a while, so won't immediately be felt. But there will be those times when you're like, oh, that would have been a perfect role for him. That we'll see, I'm sure, coming up in the future. With Aquaman becoming the highest-grossing DC film of all time, Warner Brothers is working on crafting a cinematic universe set under the sea. That is not a Disney universe set under the sea. It's <laughs> Warner Brothers version. Oh, we'll see. They have no clue yeah. what they're doing. <laughs> they're the just sea. trying their <laughs> well, the, the word is the studio is developing a horror film based on the Trench, who were the bad, evil, under-the-sea creatures. I think that's actually pretty cool. I kind of, I'd see that. I don't understand how it's going to be a horror film set under the sea. What is the abyss? (laughs) Well, that or I don't know. You got to have someone who's not usually there. Yeah, it's like it's going to be a horror movie, but instead of dry land, it's just going to be set in Atlantis. And so it's like, I don't. Have they done a haunted submarine movie yet? Because if not, this is their perfect. I don't know. I'm not sure. I I don't know exactly how that's going to work. We'll find out. I'm sure. In addition to hiring writers for that film, the studios hired at least one writer to begin working on Aquaman 2. It's an interesting take. I guess maybe they are going to start. Uh, you can't take this as what they're doing because I don't know if they know what they're doing, but the trend seems to be, we'll put it that way, that maybe they're making a cinematic universe in Gotham City and maybe they're making a underwater Atlantis cinematic mini cinematic universes, if you want to call them that, and then... And then once in a blue moon, when you've got those right, maybe then you can pull back and do another run at a Justice League type thing, as opposed to everything's connected. Maybe it's just this is connected, and yes, this is connected, but it's over here taking you know it's doing its own thing. Kind of following the DC TV in a way, as far as it, having kind separate of cities that every so often when you bring certain people together it's like hey that's a fun moment instead of a well too much kind of shoehorn kind of moment yeah i don't know seems a bit haphazard it, it does feel that way but well what they've been doing hasn't been working <laughs> yeah, so. hey, I'll, t- I'll take a haphazard attempt at something new over <laughs> a continuing beating a dead horse um because we know what they have done hasn't worked so we'll see we'll see what happens and i just hope when they do the number two aquaman that that it they don't just haphazard it i mean i want them to put serious time to go okay you love that first one you're gonna just go nuts for the second one i finally saw it by the way and it's fun like you know i wasn't expecting a brilliant movie but right. jason moe is hilarious he's really enjoyable uh a lot of it's ridiculous and i'm usually like all the way in on a ridiculous silly movie yep uh just wasn't silly enough i wanted to be have a little more humor a little more I wanted to mock itself a little bit more, but it was pretty good. Um, it was I preferred it to Wonder Woman, so yeah. Well, you know, being Aquaman set underwater, like I expected CG, right? right? But there were just some scenes that just I'm not gonna say blew me away, but it just 
surprised me how much CG you could fit in on screen. I did not expect <laughs> yeah. that much. You know? Is there a corner yeah. that doesn't have something yeah, going on in it? Exactly. Uh, let's see. While we're talking DC, rumor has it that Warner Brothers is seriously considering Robert Pattinson for Bruce Wayne and director Matt Reeves that run makes on me the throw Batman. up in my mouth a little bit. I I'm, think he's a good actor. I was gonna say, if you take away the sparkly vampire films that he got paid for, yeah, and just look at his more dramatic work. I mean, it's not terrible. What was it? Water for Elephants was not bad. I really, as far as I really acting. enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he kept up. I I enjoyed him in that. Uh, oh, there was like a movie. Was it the Was it the City of Z or the Lost City? Of Lost Z? City of Z. Yeah. Yeah. He was in that with Charlie Hunnan, mm-hmm. and oh, he was really good in that. Well, my personal opinion is this is a great opportunity to stop going after an actor that everybody knows. Go get a good-sized dude, chiseled jaw, little charisma. There's hundreds of actor guys out there that are just as good as anybody else. They're just not a name yet. Find one of those, put them into this movie, and do something amazing with it. The problem is the studio has said all along they want a known – they don't want to go – they don't want to find – Mark Hamill in Star Wars and turn him into an actor. They want to take a name because... Because it's been working out so great for him lately? Because money. Because, money. <laughs> because yeah. they need people to show up for people it. People are going to go see the Batman movie, and I think if you give them somebody different that they haven't seen with a story they haven't seen, or maybe that's a great run in the comics that they decide to go with, I think the people would go see it way more. I think you don't announce an actor. Yeah. You just film the movie. I'll just have them in shadows or in in all your teasers and trailers. You can get shots from behind or different you know different lighting. Just don't even announce who your actor is and just see if Batman alone will sell tickets. I wanted, I still wanted John Hamm. Like I really yeah. wanted. Him they're to wanting roll. to go younger because they're hoping that. Well, I think this is supposed to be kind of an origin story again because you know we haven't got enough of those. Um, but I think they're looking for whoever they don't want to change it out so quickly again from what i understand they're wanting to kind of set the table for a while so they're wanting to skew younger in case they do accidentally shot in the dark you know clocks right twice a day accidentally fall on the right batman and they want him to be someone that they can carry them through for the next 20 years or whatever i just feel going so like so young or picking an actor that's not established i think you almost alienate your older audiences mm-hmm. for some reason i feel like like if you get a little older you start to not respect the younger actors as much right. or compare them to all the talent that you've already seen so i think the nice like safe zone for an age for a batman's like between 30. like 30 30 Four and thirty-eight. If you're going to try and start a new one with you, like Christian Bale's age, whenever he first started that series, mm-hmm. perfect age for a Batman, and he was well established, very talented. And I think you want an actor, you want someone who's who's got a skill set, uh, and not just like a random name. And Robert Pattinson, while I think he's a great actor, I just think some of his previous work will automatically like yeah. turn people off to him. So you're starting downhill or uphill or whatever. You got an uphill battle. I know what you're yeah, saying. You got an you're uphill you're battle, starting yeah. at the bottom of the hill. Yes, and you're trying the to get to the top. The bucks are at the top of the hill. <laughs> and it's dangerous. And, and I fully agree with that because, I mean, look at movies like Solo. You know, we love Solo. Not necessarily David does, but <laughs> we do. And it was fine. Just because <laughs> fine. of a little crap talking, people are like, well, I'm not going to go see it. 
So if you get enough people on the internet that review movies and do stuff, go, well, it's got Sparkle Vampire guy in it. Everybody's going to be like, oh, yeah, then I don't want to see it because this guy said Sparkle Vampire, and I can't go watch a movie with that guy in it. Well, I, I, think, think I think there's a couple things. Uh, has there been a Batman cast that didn't draw criticism from – and it wasn't always online, but – even Michael Keaton, I mean, if you go back and look at some of the old magazines, because we didn't have the internet and social media back then, there's not been a Batman pick. I think the one Batman that was selected that's been cast in a movie that didn't receive a ton of flack was George Clooney. And unfortunately, <laughs> that, we, that was the worst Batman movie, not because of George Clooney, but because... So Batman is just, it's one of those characters that it doesn't matter who you cast, there's going to be a vocal segment of the population yeah. that's going to say that's wrong. You almost have um, to kind of lean on what I'd say you can go with social media. And I usually don't want to right. just go that direction where it's like, let the people write the script for you. Right. But if you're trying to establish uh, a universe featuring Batman and you've had these significant failures. What was funny was Ben Affleck, after he actually did it, uh, it was, was the very least well egregious received. part of like, that, yeah. Yeah, everyone was like, man, he was good in it. Yeah. Aside from killing people, which I was fine with, I mean, grittier, older <laughs> Batman, if we would have got the backstory, we would have understood why. Uh, but I think letting kind of, as far as casting goes, letting the fans kind of... Let three people rise to the top, and if you look on boards and how people respond, you go on Reddit and see what people are thinking, you're going to get a decent sample size of... The people that are going to show up. Who might be a good option. That can make or break it with word of mouth. John Hamm. (laughs) For example. Well, and I think, and this is uh, odd, and I'll use this comparison and see if it holds up to what I'm trying to say, because it's hard to maybe say this, but... Batman is one of those characters that is ageless, and yet he's always older than you. For example, I'm in my early 40s now, and it's crazy for me to think about professional athletes that are like, they're washed up when they're my age. They're always supposed to be just a little older than me, Yeah. even though I'm in my 40s now. It's just one of those things where they've... because. For most of your life, they've always been older than you. It's like a looked up to yeah. figure. Batman's kind of the same way, where Batman always needs to be just a. You spend most of your life, Batman is just a little older than you, and you get to a certain point where Batman's supposed to be a little younger than you, and it's hard to flip that switch mentally. So, someone in their thirties, it's kind of weird to think that that should be the Batman that they would be wanting to, but it does make sense unless you're telling the old man Batman story. Yeah. You kind of do need to go somebody that's in that 30, 35 range. So it's, and, and most of the Bat fans, I mean, because comic books aren't really being sold to a younger crowd, they're still that, that industry still propped up by old, old men that are, that have the finances to collect things and do that. And yeah. so that's where you get a lot of your backlash from the comics crowd that's like, that's not Batman. I absolutely agree. But it needs to be. You have to reinvent yourselves every so often because we do age and actors do age, even if characters don't. Have you, <laughs> I already know the answer to this. Have you seen the trailer for Disney's Aladdin? The latest trailer yes. that finally shows us the blue meanie, the CGI genie, Will Smith thing <laughs> version. The Talk character. about social media not liking something. Yeah. Um, thoughts? Just, people just hate everything about this Aladdin movie, and I think it's hilarious. 
Uh, seeing Will Smith as the giant blue genie, I actually was not like, this is horrible. I thought, the aesthetic they're going... I was more upset by Jafar's voice. Like, it was a little high and not intimidating. Yeah. But, uh... Well, it, yeah, people were it, it really. Does not, I'm hoping, and we've talked about this in other times. You know, trailers are they're just they have to get something out. Yeah, hopefully that's not the finished version because, and we'll ask. We've got a videographer here. Have you seen this trailer? I've seen bits and pieces of it, like the, have, like the picture of Will Smith. Okay, like, have you seen, seen the? Seen okay, that's, that's the. Yeah, okay, yeah. what do you, what are you, what do you think? Does that look like a finished big budget? <laughs> final CG effect for a Disney I, live action. I think it would look better. I can't say it's it's bad looking, but I think it would look better if it wasn't Will Smith. Just because, as an audience, you have you know you've seen him in Bad Boys, you've seen him in certain movies. You have a certain you, you know, know what Will Smith look. looks like. Yeah, yeah, Will Smith, and it's just he's playing a PG character, and it's not something you'd expect to see. It's difficult to like have that suspension of disbelief. Right. When it's Will Smith is very, very consistently Will Smith in movies. Right. Uh, and I like that. In Suicide Squad, best I hate that movie. Best part of it was Will Smith being Will Smith. I, right. I enjoy him as a personality in films. But with Aladdin, I think Will Smith being Will Smith as a giant blue CGI genie might be a little difficult to get past. I think uh Hopefully he does the whole transforming and oh, yeah. manipulating I'm sure he will. shapes and stuff like right. that, uh, and that might make it a little bit easier. We are only getting a taste, right? Uh, so it's hard to reserve judgment when something is so off-putting. What I'm hoping, but, and this is just I'm hoping for, is they just put him in the blue makeup and did a little thing, or even just took him in CGI and blue or whatever, just so it can be like. Just to remind you, Will Smith is the genie. But then later, the actual genie be kind of chubby-faced and have the, not even look like him, but have the voice. That's the thing, is if you're going with a CG character, why does it have to look like Will Smith at all? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because the genie was animated. He didn't look like Robin Williams. Yeah, so that's why I'm hoping. Smeagol does not look like Andy Serkis. (laughs) Although, he (laughs) he does a little bit, but not usually. You know what I mean? It's If you're going to go that route, then just... Pick a design that works, that yeah, doesn't try to cross that uncanny valley. When you do have him, like you were saying, have him turn into the different things and stuff like that, have him pop in as Will Smith, Will Smith, Smith right. and say something, you know, the catchphrase that everybody knows, and then you're like, that, okay. That's, that's fun. That's need. a nice wink to the audience. I would right. love yeah. that. Let's hope that's what they do, because they have some time still to... Course correct, I suppose. I mean, they reshot all the solo, (laughs) and it only cost them twice the budget. That's still a great movie. You should buy it. Yeah. (laughs) Director Brian Singer's next project, Red Sonia, is on hold indefinitely. People are upset that the director, who's currently facing years of various misconduct allegations, was given the job in the first place. Although he did pitch the job, so it's hard not to attach him to it, but I understand where they're coming from. While no official reason for shelving the film has been given, Singer is currently still the director, and the studio apparently did not want the PR nightmare for a film that's probably going to have a smaller audience going into it to begin with. Like the original? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Good call on that remake. Uh, (laughs) Sometimes I kind of want them to like remake movies that they could have been good. Like they always kind of stick with the sure thing. It'd be kind of cool to see. Well, see if they were going to go forward with what they've been talking about for years and do King Conan, get that out there, let people go. Oh yeah, we I like love this. this stuff. Then hit them with the Red Sonia, and they could work yeah. out all this legal mumbo jumbo about who's directing it or who's doing whatever later. 
I have a like you know everything that Brian Singer's been accused of is like reprehensible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing that really upsets me about how the studios and how like the awards that he was like pulled from, the uh, thing that upsets me about this is that it is one hundred percent social media driven, and they never. This was all information that was out there for a long time. Like. Every bit of it was known. Like you could have read, you can read articles about it from like ten years ago. Yeah, so you can so, go back to the '90s on the, some of those early X-Men films. And yeah, find. it's just I that the studio even considered continuing to use him and not looking into the stuff, and that it's purely social media backlash. I don't think it's the responsibility of people just saying you shouldn't have this guy being the thing that changes their minds. Uh, tacky to begin with there's that yeah there is a a separate argument about separating the creator from the creation and all of that and that's and yes right now studios and other businesses are quick to pull the trigger we saw the james gunn situation and as opposed to making it and if people want to boycott it let them boycott it that's an option i mean there are so many different ways to handle it and it's not our place to tell a studio nor an audience member exactly how they should react to certain things um, it, it's it's a it's not a simple situation, and there are no simple answers. Um, it does feel a bit like the studio was like people are upset that Brian Singer's doing Red Sonia. It must be Red Sonia. Let's pull that as opposed to <laughs> maybe it's Brian Singer. But uh, yeah, there's not a good answer. So not knowing much on this is it yeah. a lot of current stuff too. Or it's it it's yeah. It's okay. got he's been pulled from a few uh, different projects. Oh, okay, but it goes back to. Yeah, 90s with, I think, I don't know that there was much from the usual suspects, I, but I think it was when the X-Men stuff started, when when he had to start working with uh, females, um, that's when things got rough for him. Yeah, uh, I see. Not I, very professional. Yeah. Because I'm big on, you know, if, if there's things that they're pulling from your past, you could you're probably a better person if there's not other things, but if this is something that's been continuing, yeah, it's con- then it, it's, yeah, it yeah, definitely it's needs to have every something. every project that he's been on that's had female actors in any sort of prominent role. So you didn't hear much about it with like the Usual Suspects. You really didn't hear about it with Bohemian Rhapsody, although there was people that there were people that were upset that he was involved with that. But yeah. you haven't heard, or I haven't heard problems from that production. So it's you know. It, Maybe he's got a niche. I don't know that Red Sonia is where you want to go if yeah. your problem seems to be with female actors. But yeah. again, we'll King see. Conan, <laughs> yeah, exactly. make it happen, Hollywood. <laughs> Although, did you see? You know, they've relaunched the Conan comic books. Yeah. And there was Arnold Schwarzenegger had a, uh, a social media post, I think, on Twitter or something, Instagram earlier this week, reading the new comics and kind of, oh, kind of getting back to, hey, you know, I'm still ready it. to do this. I would jump on. He's still good size. Yeah. And he could hit the gym a little bit, still be in good shape and For do that this role. movie and then that's your swan song. Yeah, it let that movie be him passing the torch to somebody Son else. Son of Conan. Or something. Yeah, exactly. There's so many things they could do with it. James Cameron's revealed the title for Terminator 6 is going to be Terminator Dark Fate. I thought Which, it was going to be, why the hell not? <laughs> Terminator, we're all getting paid. <laughs> Terminator, generic name. <laughs> yeah. Because anytime they've gone with generic name instead of like Terminator 1, Terminator 2, which had judgment. I mean, they've always had a, but once they drop the numbers is when things have gone downhill. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, even three wasn't terrible. It wasn't the best, but it wasn't horrible. But once I mean, they've had gone cool with scenes like with when he was holding the coffin and all that. Oh yeah, they, they've sure. always had. They always had a lot of money, and that's the problem. They have a good scene. <laughs> yeah, and they try to write a movie around it. Like, wouldn't it be cool if the Terminator did this? Yeah, let's make the let's make a movie, and then <laughs> he's two hours this later, one, right? He's doing this one. That'll uh, be good. Linda Hamilton is back. Uh, Arnold is supposed to have some, I don't know, creative control. I don't know how to, I'm not sure exactly what his role is. I don't know that he'll show up on screen, but he's supposed to have had. Well, if he's going to show up, they're just going to CG him in like the last one. Yeah, exactly. And the last one was not, (laughs) it was not the best of the series either. So I tend to always trust James Cameron. He's just so consistently, he makes such audience pleasing movies. Yeah. uh, Even if they're not good right. uh, or like high quality you'll have fun uh even with like avatar it's got like no following or whatever uh i'm regardless i'm excited to see all the other ones that he's doing yeah just because yeah he he makes the first time you see it you will have a blast some of them will have that rewatch value but man the guy knows his audience this is no story structure he's 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 fun to watch his movies. I really hope this is a chance at a third great Terminator movie. I hope that he actually put full attention into this and isn't just phoning it in, yeah. waiting for that Avatar post-production work to get done. You know what I mean? I, I hope that he actually is invested in this as he was in his earlier films. We got the first trailer for The Hustle, which is the gender-bent remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, one of my favorite films. Love it. Starring Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson. Uh, I was a little concerned because I am such a big fan of the 80s film, Um, but the first trailer, I'm cautiously optimistic about it now. Right. This looks like it's not trying to be the same movie, but it kind of is. I mean, there are some lines that were lifted word for word from that original script, but but it's also doing its own thing, too, so... I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I remember my dad showed me Dirty Rotten Scoundrels when I was like 12, and I've probably seen it like 15 times since then. Oh yeah, it is so funny. Steve Martin and Michael Caine paired together. Uh, it's an odd combo, but the dinner scene uh, <laughs> where he's like, "Excuse me, I have to go to the restroom," and he has to be excused. And then he, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah. That whole movie with the is, patch on his eye, yeah. <laughs> the cork on his fork, and everything. <laughs> he like keeps on poking himself. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a really fun movie. I actually think uh, Rebel Wilson's very funny, and uh, Anne Hathaway can be, but it seems like she'll be playing the she's playing the straight character. Role. Which, she looks like that, but she also, I mean, there are moments in there where you're like, oh, she's looks goofy. like she's having fun too. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, I am also cautiously optimistic. I think it could be a lot of fun. Uh, there have been a few like female-driven comedies that have come out in like the last 10, 15 years that I would put up there with some of the best of the last 10, 15 years. Oh, yeah. Like Bridesmaids and Spy, I think, were amazing, hilarious movies. Uh, so, yeah, that's, I, I, I'll, I'll watch this. I'm yeah, it looks looking fun. forward to it. I just I hope they give us a different twist at the end. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I hope it's not the same because we all know what's coming, so I hope they play to that. Speaking sure of, will. have you seen? And I, I don't have this written down. There's been some backlash from the new Pet Cemetery trailer because they've revealed their change from the original novel in the first film. I'm very glad that I have not seen this okay. trailer now. Because yeah, you kind of want to avoid it because it, it's not it's not revealing a twist ending. But they have taken some liberties with the story, and some folks who are 
devoted to the material are upset. Not so much that they took those liberties, but that the trailer gave it away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anytime a remake steps away from the original film, I think with remakes, my most important thing is always tone. Right. Like, if you love a movie, there's a tone to it that you also love. Uh, If they change something and it's in the trailer, it reveals that... That is a little disappointing because that would be one of your surprises. Yeah. One of the things that stands out and is unique. You don't be- want yeah, because what shot. they've done, this would have been a, a moment where like, you would have been what? Yes. Oh wow, we're going there. I'm, I'm all happy. in I now. I was I was already here. I've already paid the money. Now I'm so yeah, but yeah, folks are not happy that they've revealed that. So stay away from pet cemetery trailers. This morning, because we record on Wednesday, spoiler, um, we get the first trailer for Frozen 2, which is going to make all the monies this fall, I'm sure. <laughs> um, anybody had a chance to see it? No. It's, no. it's nothing. It's, it's, it's images on a screen for a minute or whatever it is. But yeah, I so. can't judge that movie. I don't feel it's my place, because I know that there are a ton of kids who really love it, and adults. Yeah. Uh, it's just not a me movie. So I try not, if it's not a me movie, it's like no way reaching for my demographic. <laughs> I'll, I'll stand just back and by just say, on that one. have fun. Uh, please don't sing the song too much around me. I was going to uh, say, <laughs> I, I hope they have at least one song that will be everywhere all the time. <laughs> one original song? I'm I'll sure there'll the, be more than one. The Summer or the Sun song with the snowman. Yeah, with Josh uh, Gad. Yeah. yeah. That's fun. I found that hilarious just because of how morbid it was. Yeah. But the rest of it was... Uh, yeah. Uh, finally, while we're talking trailers, have you seen the trailer for Big Shark? Yes. Big Shark. It is The Room's Tommy Wiseau and uh, Greg Sestero, who's been here a few times. Uh, apparently, there are a couple guys. Apparently, if you read into it and do some research, they're supposed to be firefighters. There's nothing about the trailer that makes you know that. But apparently, there are a couple yeah. firefighters who are hanging out at a New Orleans bar. Greg gets slapped a couple times. Um, when out of nowhere, it's not raining, all of a sudden floodwaters fill the street. And it's really hilarious because it's like, oh, look, there's water. And, you know, it's Tommy delivery. Oh, look, water. You know, and there's a little bit of water in the street. And, like, the next shot, it's, like, right here. And then, like, the next shot, it's right here. And, and it's, like, very sudden shot. It's, like, terribly edited. <laughs> and then apparently there's a big shark in the streets of New Orleans um, doing big shark things. And Tommy and Greg apparently are going to... Stop it, fight it, run from it, beat the victims. I don't know. It's, there's nothing there. But it's uh, it certainly evokes that we're making a really crappy movie film uh, feeling from The Room. Oh, the, when I saw the trailer, I was like, it looks like I could have shot that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, wow, they didn't even try. The, 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 uh, well, nobody sets out to make a bad movie. You say that. But I think maybe they are setting out to try to capture – not lightning in a bottle, crap in a bottle. I don't know what you would call it. Well, if it gets you talking about it. Then. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it, the only thing I can think of from that, just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and it's a yeah, short It's little, not yeah. fair because they don't have a big one, but it reminds me of those um, like scary movie and some of those where they're making fun of a certain genre of film. And that's, I was like, is that what it's going to be? Then? It reminds me of two kids in the 80s with a Super 8 camera in the backyard. <laughs> yeah. Like, is it on? You know, like you see that as they try to edit it together, it's really just like turning off the camera and turning the camera back on. There's no real editing software at the time. So for like home use. And so it's like, that's it. Yeah. Uh, Apparently there's not a movie. 
This trailer is supposed to, I think, get Sell people talking concept. about it and yeah, get some investors interested in, hey, are you going to make that movie that you have a trailer for? I mean, like, no, we're making Megalodon too. <laughs> yeah, <I didn't. laughs> I'll watch that. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, with The Room, one of the things that I think that made it special and that I don't think they will ever recapture. Is the earnestness? Yeah, that's an honest movie. Yeah. That's a, that's a nice try. Not a nice try, but that's a try. Uh, they did not set out to make a yes. bad movie, whereas this looks like maybe they're... The people who were involved with The Room came to realize it was a bad movie while they were making it. That is a special feeling. <laughs> now everyone's going to know from a mile away. Everybody's in on the joke, yeah, so this to speak. It's yeah. going to be bad. So I think uh, with a movie like this, it's they're going to probably try and play off that nostalgia of a really crappy movie, but hopefully they go with uh, not necessarily like a Sharknado vibe, but a this is a silly dumb time and we're going to... Have, you're going to get to spend time with these characters, and it's going to immediately leave your mind when you're finished. Uh, I hope they get it made. I'll watch it, and I'm sure Greg will come back. Oh, I'm sure he'd oh, love he to be here and promoting it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I. You know what I've always wanted? You know how they have parody movies of mm-hmm. things? Oh, like, yeah. uh, like the Scary Movie series right, and all or that anything stuff. Anything by Mel Brooks. Or... They'll take serious stuff and turn it silly. I really want an anti-parody movie of like a shark. They take something silly and turns it very some, serious. Yeah, like try and grab I think that was called shark. Geostorm, wasn't it? Oh, okay. No, <laughs> that's so Butler. stupid and silly. <laughs> well, it's that's what I mean. super <laughs> silly. Yeah, I think they cool. tried to go for... You just kidnapped the president. Yeah. Like, stuff like that. I think it's... they were trying to go for that we're earnest, we're serious about this silly I, concept. I, don't I know. want so bad for like them to take a terribly dumb idea and really try and rein it in and make Bring it Bring the logical. drama. <laughs> yeah. and I want to cry at one of those movies. Like, yeah. cry at a serious shark. I think that was, uh, was it Armageddon? <laughs> Didn't they try that? Wasn't that one of those silly concepts love... we're going to try to make it serious? And I like that movie a lot. Yes. Yes. I know yeah. it's garbage. I <laughs> yeah. love it. It's better than Final Impact. Well, there was a, yeah, it was, that was the moment. Those meteors were the moment back in that day, yeah. back in the 90s. New in theaters this week. We were talking about it earlier. Isn't it romantic with Rebel Wilson? Who was it? Oh, uh, it was Tom and Lacey that have seen it and said they were pleasantly surprised by yeah. it. So I've seen early reviews and they seem pretty positive. I think the last time I checked, I know we don't, we're not beholden to Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, like a sixty-seven, so that's nice. That's pretty cool. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to see it. It's, I like comedies, and this looks like a silly, not too on the nose parody. That's more. Just like a send up of, of cliches comedies, and, comedies yeah, as a tropes, genre. Yeah. Right. Also opening this weekend, uh, Alita Battle Angel. Uh, have you checked out the Rotten Tomato scores on this one? They're middling. <laughs> They're middling. Yeah. So it's kind of. It's very polarized. That's the thing. Yeah. It's very polarizing. Either you like it or you don't. I think that 50, like probably like 45 to 65 range means that some people are going to come out having really enjoyed it. Right. Uh, so with Alita Battle Angel, there are a lot of people who work here, actually, who are very excited for this. Uh, we have a lot of anime fans, mm-hmm. and getting to see this realized on the big screen. Uh, hopefully, it performs well enough to get to continue. Uh, James Cameron's put his stamp, uh, his producing stamp on it. Uh, for me, it's probably not going to draw me out to the theaters, but... It looks like a big, bombastic, fun time. And yeah, I love Christoph Waltz in 
everything. <laughs> yes, uh, we know you do. <laughs> I can't we have heard. that enough. Yeah. Uh, really, I'm really curious to see Robert Rodriguez spin on what he does. Yeah, he's he kind of jumps around and messes with this bizarre genre of fantasy, uh, whether it's like really cool, good movies like From Dust Till Dawn uh, or Shark Boy and Lava Girl. He has that weird thing where he makes... Very kiddie movies that are silly enough that adults might love, like the Spy Kids series. Right. And then he'll make really over <laughs> Once the upon top time gory in graphic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I do like, I feel like he's a less consistent Quentin Tarantino. Like, that's how I view him. Uh, the difference being that nothing, everything Quentin Tarantino touches turns to gold, as long as it's not producing. Um. He, did, he, did, he produced <laughs> Hostel. So uh, a little hit or miss in that respect, but yeah. the guy makes a good film. <laughs> yeah. And uh, hopefully this is fun enough. If I get enough reviews from some of my coworkers, I might turn out for it. I feel like we got this already um, when Jessica Alba was in Dark Angel back oh, on yeah. whatever channel that was back in the day, because that's what it was. That was his version of, I can't bring it to the big screen yet, so I'll just put it on TV. That so, was a good series. No, that's pretty. that was based on the same property, so we'll see huh. if this is distinct enough from that. Jessica Alba, a Robert Rodriguez collaborator in the past. Maybe she'll have a cameo in it. That'd be fun. That would be neat. That'd be fun. Pay an homage. Uh, and happy death day to you. I feel like they missed an opportunity by not releasing this on Groundhog Day weekend, but it's this weekend. Happy <laughs> yeah. death day to you. Uh, the sequel to last year's surprise out of nowhere hit, Happy Death Day. Yeah. I'm. This is the movie that I'm most excited about this weekend. Yeah. I really, really love the first one. Uh, I have an opinion that of far, as far as genres or like subgenres of film, repeating the same day over and over again, always good. Always, I cannot think of off the top of my head one time it was bad. Like Source Code, awesome. Groundhog Day, awesome. Happy Death Day, awesome. Uh, Russian Doll on. A, I hear that's I really, really, really good. Gosh. <laughs> we're all suddenly we're, it becomes the gushing over Netflix I'm show. So, I'm <laughs> so mad that it's Stay a year away Netflix. for the next season. I watched it all in one day. I was like, just uh, got see, right through it. I just found it, and I was like, what's this? Because oh, I yeah. love. I can't think of what her name. Natasha, Natasha Lyon. Yeah. yeah, I love her. So I was like, oh. The so, fact that she's written, directed, oh. produced. Oh, she directed some of the episodes, produced the whole thing, starring in it. Yeah, I, I, for every word, everything I've changes, seen. All the changes, like the new unique items for yep. a repeat the same day over and over again thing. Like you would think it would get stale, but they just, they came up with so many cool, unique things to do with that concept. And every time one of those unique things crops up, you have fun when it's just the same day over and over again. Right, right. But when a unique thing crops up and it changes the way the series runs, I was just like shaking my head like, wow, they really did a great job thinking this through. And I have to give props to the, the grip and lighting department on that series. <laughs> I mean, that's insane. That, I feel like that's kind of what keeps me interested. That bathroom? Right. I mean, the like colors the, and everything. The location where it starts, the bathroom yeah. with the door. It's insane. It's, if you, you know, if you've already gone and seen all three of these movies, <laughs> yeah, on Sunday hop on after your you've already yeah, watched everything else, check here. that out. It's it's a good way to <laughs> spend a day because you're not going to want to stop. It's yeah. It's from yeah. what I understand, everybody that's gone into it has gone into it like. like it's funny the people that go into it like at eight or nine o'clock as they're winding their day down. Yeah, and then like the next day you hear from them like at five in the afternoon, like I'm just waking up yeah. because I started something and I couldn't stop it. <laughs> yeah. You're like, 
oh my god, are you okay? They're like, it was Russian doll. I'm like, what is that? Like a new kind of drug on the market? They're like, no, it's a Netflix show. No, it's like the best Netflix <laughs> show like, oh, they come out with. Okay, a long I thought time. you were doing it's something so crazy good. last night. Like, no, I was in bed watching Netflix all night. I told Jennifer about it, and she she and her husband powered through it. And she was gushing about it, too. So I was like, yeah, I'm, I've been trying to tell everyone. So uh, go see Isn't It Romantic, Alita Battle Angel, Happy Death Day to you. And when you're all done and you're heading home, toss on Netflix and watch Russian Doll. <laughs> well, you got other choices as well. Some other screenings this week. Uh, the Valentine's Day stuff, a lot of it for tonight. Thursday night, is sold out. The Titanic Valentine's Feast and Romeo and Juliet, those screenings are sold out, but it is the last chance to catch Moulin Rouge on the big screen. Mm-hmm. It's a movie party. There are still a few tickets available for this. How has that gone this past week? Oh, it's been a blast. We have one of our best hosts on it. Uh, her name's Sarah. She's so passionate, and she loves musicals. Anytime we have any sort of like musical party or we're doing our 30th Greatest Showman screening, she's all in. The crowds tend to have a great vibe, so if you want to sing along, feel free. If you want to cry, I know you're gonna. So <laughs> uh, definitely come out and check this out, because we're not going to do this again for another year. Right, so, uh, which means yeah, we'll probably do it again next year, <laughs> uh, next February. I'll be so darn popular. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we actually added, uh, just so you know, we added another Romeo and Juliet. We'll talk about that next week, but you will get another chance. That sold out so quick. We knew that people there need to, to be another it, opportunity. So Great, we figured it out. We're going to show it again. I like that you have moved your video vortex to Friday nights late show because the video vortex for this month is Blood Tracks. At 9.40 p.m. on Friday night, that feels like a better spot for the Video Vortex than a Wednesday. or It is, but I don't think it's going to last that way. Yeah, because there's too much competition for that spot? or Not even. like as To show like a specialty screening on a Friday, uh, you have to pay a certain amount of money oh. to like sub out like one of our other movies. Right, right. And... Because it's video vortex, we're not going to charge it like $5 normal price. Or, you're yeah. going to watch some schlock, yeah, and you're going to have a good time. It's going to be silly and dumb and fun, but it's it's garbage. You're right. going to get to watch some fun garbage, and uh, so we I think we charged five bucks something I think like so. that. Yeah. Uh, so even if we if we sold out one of our largest houses, we'd still lose money. Right. So doing it this Friday, it's going to be your last chance to see one of the uh, video vortex on a Friday, uh, most likely, unless we can work things out. But these are really fun, and we have a core audience who shows up to every one of them. Like we have about ten to fifteen people who, when I look in that audience, you know you're going to see there. Yep. Yeah. Welcome back. I know why you're all here. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's that's a fun part of movies. They can't all be like brilliant hits. Can't all be dramatically perfect. Sometimes it's nice to fun to come out and see a movie where someone had a passion. Someone wanted to make a movie and it wasn't a good idea and they did a horrible job, but they did it. They put together a thing and released it to people and uh, it was terrible. But sometimes, like with The Room, that earnestness, that honesty in the actual effort, try and do something like you're proud of. It's, it comes through on screen and laughing at it is just another way of enjoying an artist's passion. If you can yep. call them that, I would. Uh, so... <laughs> Definitely, if you get a chance, come out and see one of our video vortex. The vibe in the audience, like you'll be you'll be rolling at some of the stuff <laughs> these people do that they thought were good ideas. It's tremendous. Absolutely. And then on Saturday, shifting gears slightly here, uh, the Mouse Hunt Cereal Party is this Saturday at eleven o'clock. 
Nathan Lane in one of his sillier kid-friendly roles because yes. they're not all kid-friendly. Uh, I I came up with this one because I had a I when I was a kid this was one of the VHSs that we had to replace because it got so worn out. Uh, I think it's so funny and silly and dumb. Uh, and I think it had a more special place in my heart than most other people's because it's not selling very well. Uh, <laughs> considering standing out by the side of the road and selling tickets uh, if we can. But it's, it's a really, if you haven't seen it and you have kids, this is a really funny, silly movie. You're going to have a great time. Well, the cereal party alone it yeah. makes it worth the price of admission. <laughs> we have about 20, 25 boxes of cereal for 16 people right now. Yeah. Uh, so, so everybody's taking one home. They're going to have the day. <laughs> upset tummies if you don't come out. Yeah. We want you to come enjoy this film. Bring your kids. It's a nice time at the movies. Uh, you get to eat as much cereal as you want. You get to try some of the ones that your kids probably demand, but uh, you refuse to get them the Sour Punch Kids cereal because right. it's like, what is this garbage? Uh but yeah, it's a nice sampling. We have quite the smorgasbord of uh, cereal <laughs> options. So have you seen this one now? It is Sam's exclusive called Catacorns. Catacorns. The box is a cat with a horn, a unicorn cat. Oh, it I is, thought it was like catacombs, but no, no, no. That's what I was thinking. No, 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 no catacorns. It's scary. You can it, get they look like cats. They look like Fruit Loops or Apple Dino. They're round, but yeah. they've got like the edible glitter all over them and stuff. And That's a, well, I don't have the Sam's membership, so I'm um, I'm out of that club. Well, you're not going to get the catacorns yeah. then. I'll have to bribe cool. someone. I'll stand outside and like, hey, give me some catacorns. Ten bucks. Just give yeah, me exactly. Hey man, I need some catacombs. Might get Find your dealer. And, uh, now this is fun. Tell us a little bit about the difference between, and I'm sure there may be some overlap between your film club and your video vortex diehards. Are, is there some overlap? Do you know? Yeah. Is there? Well, I think a with, few folks. Uh, with our film club fans, I mean, it's different films. Yes. It's not video vortex quality films. Like it's for people example, people who love yeah. movies. Yeah, and I think people who have a great affection for film, oftentimes they will also like schlock. Yeah, like schlock as a like a subgenre of film uh, movies that are so bad they're enjoyable in a different way. Uh, I think there is a big crossover with big film nerds. Right. I know a lot of people who like to like get together and will watch a really crappy movie yep. and just laugh throughout it and talk about it because it's it's fun. There's, there's other ways to enjoy movies. They don't all have to be good. Uh, some of my favorite movies I know are bad. Like it's, it's a different type of enjoyment. Like everything can't be Citizen Kane. Uh, so I find that Although that's when not we that good of a movie either. <laughs> but enough about I that. I considered, yeah. uh, but uh, with Film Club, I will oftentimes see people from our video folks. vortex because aside from liking schlock, they do appreciate like cinematic masterpieces, things that did things different, things that are unique, the ones that got it right. So... Uh, Segwaying into that, our film club for this week. That is what, yes, exactly. But <laughs> I, I was just curious because I imagine there would be some oh, crossover. Oh, totally. Um, the film club screening for this month is At Eternity's Gate. This is the Van Gogh film, yes, with Willem Dafoe? Yeah. Am I thinking of the right film? Is we this the animated one? No. no. We showed that actually as our first film club, Good. Loving Vincent. Uh -huh. The first time we oh. did one, we got to show Loving Vincent. So we've kind of come full circle. And this time around, it's uh, Willem Dafoe's performance in At Eternity's Gate. 
Which I has been am, nominated for a few different awards. Yeah. I don't know if it's an Oscar. I can't remember if it's an Oscar nominee. He got or not. nominated for an Oscar. Did he? Okay. Which is like second year in a row with Florida Project last year. Right. Which I thought he deserved it, but it was just so overlooked. Um, when Willem Dafoe gets to do what's, I think it's called Hunter. If you've ever seen that, it's it's this guy who's tracking the uh, the last of this extinct lion type thing or uh, tiger. Uh, I forget. Big cat of some sort. Yeah, big cat. And it's almost completely silent. Like There's not much dialogue. Uh, but Willem Dafoe is one of the most consistently enjoyable actors to watch. And I was actually telling Madison how much I loved him in The Florida Project. Right. Because he's working alongside all these people who've never acted before. And they all seem so natural. And he's so recognizable. And his voice is so distinct that he's able to fall back into that crowd and come off as just as authentic. He's so, un, I don't want to say underappreciated because I know so many people love him, but so unrecognized on the level of how talented he is. Uh, and this performance, another time, he gets nominated, and it's not looking good, like he's right. going to win, but I think an Oscar nomination is quite like a, it's that's just, quite yeah. a recognition in and of itself. He's so talented. I am... I am so pumped to see this movie. It's going to be great. Do we need to write a script with him and William H. Macy together on the screen? Because I think that would be they a, would be perfect. That would be together. a wonderful combo to have on screen together. Those two are so like similar, but with far different roles. Yeah. They can both. They're oftentimes forgotten on that list of the best actors, but they're so consistent. Uh, Man, William H. Macy and Fargo. I could talk for hours about that. <laughs> uh, That'll be the next show because yeah, <laughs> we got to yes, get through this wait. one first. Can't uh, wait. Film Club screening at Eternity's Gate is at 6.20 on Sunday night. Monday night, you guys are bringing in Brokeback Mountain Absolutely. at 6.40. And Tuesday, the Office Space Movie Party, another Office Space Movie Party. That's at 6.40 as well. And then rounding out the week, uh, 51st Dates on Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Another repeat Adam same Sandler. day movie, yeah, yeah, kind exa- of. Well, sort of for one person. Yeah, for in the, one person in the cast, which is it's kind of considered one of the better Adam Sandler like. He's a little movies. more low dialed down yeah. a little bit, which is good. A I touch think. of nuance, yeah, but still is, like all those little goofy asides that happen. Rob Schneider, <laughs> always. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's in it. Uh, <laughs> plus all that. Plus Tuesday nights, you guys still have trivia night every Tuesday night, and then the Don't Be Shy karaoke in the back lot Wednesday evenings. Lots of reasons to come out to the Alamo Draft House. Pull yourself away from the Netflix and come out and see a movie on the big screen. But get your tickets early because these special screenings often sell out. Again, some of them already have, as we discussed. Some of them haven't, Mouse Hunt. Um, you can get your tickets online uh, through the Alamo Draft House app on your mobile device. That's the easiest way. Or you can get them online at drafthouse.com slash Springfield. Of course, you can buy tickets in person. Just don't wait till the day of the screening because, again, often these special screenings in particular, they will sell out. You can find all of these and more upcoming events on Facebook. If you search Alamo Springmo and go to the events page, there it is. Everything that's going on at the Alamo Draft House. Listener comments this week. <laughs> it was Tom and Lacey, believe it or not. And they were addressing so many of our discussion points that I felt like I needed to bullet point theirs out, their discussion, their comments. <laughs> um, so let's take a look at it. Tom here says, uh, I'm looking forward to Battle Angel Alita. Not like I got to see it, but it could be a fun film, and I'm not going to take it too seriously. So he's looking for a good time. Also, yes, 
Luis absolutely needs to retell the Marvel Cinematic Universe up to Endgame. If it wasn't in the movie, it just needs to be done regardless. Maybe it can be a special feature on a, on the uh, DVD or something if they don't, don't actually work it into hope. the film. Or, or, on, or on social media. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And watching Ant-Man vs. the Wasp on Netflix recently I, makes me want to see it even more. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, the realization that Willow is 30 years old, that hurts. You know, I watched that with the kids this weekend, and they thought it was fun because, you know, it's a kid's movie. and. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where they're like, oh, this is fun because it's it doesn't take itself too seriously. and It is fun. Val Kilmer is nearly unrecognizable in it. Uh, 45 years on Blazing Saddles. Okay, we need to stop throwing out the dates on some of these things so we don't <laughs> alienate our older crowd. Uh, and then they mentioned the uh, Game of Wits with the Princess Bride uh, movie parties. They were having good fun with that. They're trying to coin a phrase here, nerd hard, I think. <laughs> They're talking about the, we need to get the uh, online store set up so they can print some nerd hard t-shirts and, and patches and whatnot. Uh, and then Lacey's favorite romantic movie is Fool's Rush In because she thinks some Hayek and uh, Matthew Perry are really funny together, and they it has some great one-liners. Well, good for you, Lacey. <laughs> you may be the one person that loves that movie. <laughs> Uh, for Tom, probably something like Saving Silverman or The Heartbreak Kid, mostly because they're relatable in the whole finding the wrong person before you get it right sense. I really love Saving, Saving Silverman. Silverman. That's, that's a fun, a fun movie. Yeah, there's a lot of... It's a painfully fun movie yeah. <laughs> at times. So we appreciate their comments. You can find Tom and Lacey on YouTube at Do You Nerd. Uh, they've got a lot of fun stuff going on on their channel. Sometimes that bleeds over into the theater as well when they bring their toys with them <laughs> to, to watch a movie. This week, our pop quiz over on the Pop Goes the Culture podcast network is this. Because it's February, we are asking you your favorite fictional romantic couple. We threw some options out there, and that's in the pop quiz that you can find on social media. But because you folks weren't there, we're going to ask you guys your favorite fictional romantic couple. And either one of you can jump in if you have one in mind. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> Kenny's a big Angelina Jolie fan. No, I'm not. <laughs> Listen to one of the podcasts to find out just how much I hate that woman. <laughs> uh, not hate. That's not fair because I don't know her. I dislike her. The f- her fictional, uh, their fictional romance was enough to break up a real marriage. <laughs> yeah. And then their fictional romance lasted for a few years yeah. off the screen as well. <laughs> David? This is a tough one. Like, there aren't a ton of uh, on-screen... Re- the one that most recently stuck with me, uh, what is Deadpool's girlfriend's name? What's her name? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my god! I know the actress's name, yeah. but I can't think of the character's name. Uh, is she ever given a name in the movie? Uh, she totally has a name. Does yeah, she? Yeah, he says it starts it with a V. Times. Pretty sure Vanessa. Vanessa. Yes. Yeah, okay. so uh, there's a... Re- like, with Vanessa and Deadpool or Wade Wilson... Uh, I think that relationship in a movie that is so, especially the second one, uh, in a movie that's so, it breaks the fourth wall so much. It's so it's it's so uh, it tells you it's a movie so frequently. So the relationship has to be fake for their to act. Their their connection seems so honest and real. And they're a couple of very odd, peculiar people when they would list off like what happened to them when they were kids. Yeah. And it was like this like weird they're, back and forth. Or they're different thing. kinks. Or yeah. They're different you know, uh, fetishes. And- I just found that to be uh, a pretty interesting, unique, authentic 
surprisingly authentic relationship. And with the second one... The te- <laughs> I was going to say, I agree with everything you're saying based on the first film. Yeah, with the second one, that bit between the... Uh, like, it, what is it? The the AHA song? Uh, Take On Me. Yeah, yeah, they use that and the same trope of pulling through that little shield. The uh, bubble of whatever. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was actually a moment of real emotional resonance in a movie that deserved none. Uh, <laughs> and I love Deadpool 2. Uh, I love the first one as well, but I thought Deadpool 2 was better. I think their relationship is great. I really like that one. Nice. You, did you ever watch the Once Upon a Deadpool with Fred not. Savage. I didn't get around to it. You're familiar with the term fridging the the girl or whatever. Yes. So yeah, you know, he's doing the princess bride thing where he's stopping the story at different points. He's like, "You guys fridged Vanessa in the first act." I mean, it was funny because yeah, that's one of the things that yeah, if you're going to say that this is an epic love thing, then you can't do it based on two acts of the first film. Yes. <laughs> you got to give it some more meat. Kind of like the whole Gamora Star-Lord, when did they fall in love? Part of Infinity War. Which oh, some at some point when they were exchanging. Apparently, like, sometime off banter. screen. Yeah. yeah, it happened, but it's hard to feel that as an audience sometimes. That is the pop quiz this week. What is your favorite fictional romantic couple? You can vote in the poll. You can do so on Twitter at PGTC Podcast or comment on Facebook at facebook.com slash pop goes the culture podcast. They're pinned right to the top of the page, so you cannot miss them. Um, just go in and give us your vote. You can vote for one of our three, or you can hit other. And if you vote for other, please leave your suggestions, your comments, your favorite romantic couple, so we'll know who it is. And we'll give you a, a shout-out on this week's show when we go through those results. That's about it. If you guys uh, have any thoughts on anything we've talked about, anything you're going to go see at the box office this weekend, if you go see one of these movies... Let us know what you think. If you watched Russian Doll <laughs> and you yeah. want to tell us your thoughts on that, anything you want to talk about, we would love to include your comments in an upcoming episode. Um, again, hit us up on Twitter or at Facebook. Uh, you can email us your suggestions at popgoestheemail at gmail.com, or you can call and leave your thoughts on the hotline. It's been a while since anybody's done that. At 417-986-7842. Leave a recorded message. We'd love to include the audio from your recorded message in an upcoming episode. Maybe next week. Maybe this week. Who knows? Be sure to follow the Alamo Draft House online as well on social media. All you got to do is look for at Alamo Spring. You got to say it Finally. this week. Finally, <laughs> uh, you can do that on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, eHarmony, wherever you find. And I think it was last week I said, David, your time will come. <laughs> Just had and to wait another week. That's all. I didn't realize it'd be so soon. <laughs> uh, you can download the Draft House app. Just search for Alamo Draft House in your mobile devices app store or visit the Alamo Draft House online, drafthouse.com slash Springfield, or just pop in anytime and say hi. Folks are here all the time. Friendly folks. Just pop in and find out what you need to know about an upcoming feature or screening that you want to attend. Get your tickets. Get them online if you can because they're not always still here when you show up in person. That's all I've got. Anybody got anything else for today? I think we said a lot. I'm we did. That's why, that's why we blew through the back half of this thing. It's like, oh, we're going to be here till noon. You know, we're past noon. Be here till 2 o'clock. All right, then. That's it then for this week's show. There's tons to come see at the Alamo before you turn on Netflix. So make it a point to get out and see a theater. See a theater. See a movie <laughs> at the theater on the big screen well, this you have weekend. To see the theater as you're walking in. So that's not <laughs> yeah, wrong. You don't have to. You can bird box it in the <laughs> parking lot. <laughs> Please don't. Ne- another Netflix. Please drop there. The <laughs> <laughs> that's all I've got. I've been Joey Mills with ComingSoon.net. Kudo. 
David Mann with the Alamo Draft House. And Madison Strain. And that's it for this week. Come see a movie this weekend at the Alamo Draft House. Talk to you later. Later. Bye. See ya. This show has been brought to you by the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast Network. Find links to all of our podcasts and more at popgoestheculture.com.